Creator fund is people are working out what they get per views and it's not a lot, but TikTok still at this moment doesn't have adverts in the, they're allowing long content on there. You can have four, five, six minute yeah, episodic yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. I think within the next six to 12 months, you'll start seeing mid-roll adverts, pre-roll adverts. At that point, if people are aligned with their longer form content, they'll start earning well. I feel like TikTok, have, they've got a plan. And yeah. uh, I think they'll be the next. Uh, Snapchat, there's the potential to make money, but um, I, th I think TikTok's the way to go. And Thank you so much for clicking on this episode of the Millennial Entrepreneur. The ambition of the podcast is to show relatable stories from young entrepreneurs doing some incredible things to inspire the next generation, including you listening wherever you are. We've been doing this podcast for over three years and the ambition has not changed. The only thing that has changed is the scale of where we want to go. We want to bring on bigger guests for you guys to show more and more relatable and inspiring stories from young entrepreneurs across the world. The majority of you guys listening haven't subscribed to the podcast yet. All you have to do is click that subscribe button wherever you're listening on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and that will allow us to bring on bigger guests and ask the questions to them that you really want to hear. And it really is that simple. So thank you again for clicking on the podcast and enjoy the episode. So what would you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> a cereal bar and then a butty on the train. <laughs> I would love to, I'd love to jump into because this is a world that's so alien to me. Like the world of building social media pages and then sort of selling your share within businesses so like what what sort of like how did the journey begin for you within this space so yeah i had a normal nine five job working within the it industry which i'd done kind of from college got an apprenticeship got into it and then just on the time my first daughter was born and it was 2012 2013 when twitter was really on the up um i was i started to just be just doing silly parody, silly tweets and I was up late one night with my daughter flicking through Sky and Sky Sports um, Sky Sports Memories was on which shows things like um, football from the 90s from 95, yeah. 96 and it in the middle of that it would always pop up headlines like Alan Shearer breaks transfer record things like that and at the time people called Sky Sports on Twitter they called it slow sports because if they if they tweet something people already knew about, it's like, oh, that's slow sports news. So I set up a page called Slow Sports News. But then tweeting these old headlines, because everything on the internet, all these Sky Sports links, BBC links, everything's cached. So you can get the headlines from, from back then. And so you tweet something like, David Beckham signs new contracts, or Wayne Rooney returns. And <laughs> people started to believe the tweets, tagging the mates, and that account really kind of took off from there. And the, the Twitter space was like, it was a... It was massive, but you'd find like about 10, 12, 15 people ran all the same accounts. Yeah. So within that space, you get to know each other and you'd, what you do, you called like trade retweets. So a bigger page would retweet yours and you'd grow and yeah. and the more and more. And then you'd obviously have your, your standard virality within within that space. So you'd grow. And then I met, that's where I met two of my other business partners who were doing the similar thing. They, they were kind of did it full time. They were working on other projects as well as Twitter. And then we, we clubbed together and thought, we've got this massive following between us. I think we had like 3 million followers if you combined all our accounts. And um, we put our heads together and said, how can we, how can we, we can monetize this more. And you so, say, yeah, that's where it kind of started from. So you literally just started it for fun, really? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. literally what it was. Yeah, it was fun. And, even within that space, there was a couple of large businesses, your, your social chains, your, your lad bibles, people like that were already gro growing hugely and I had a few offers to work within them spaces for them. And even at the time, I didn't believe it. I had a, st a steady IT job. I was like, oh, social media is not a career. Like, yeah. how could I possibly have a wife, a mortgage, a, a child? 
But then as the kind of the weeks when months went by, my day job started to get more and more neglected, and I was at the point where working all evening and it well, was what, like, were you, what were you working on so what did sort of so after your nine to five it job like what did your day look like after that well you say working it was like you say tweeting um just constantly tweeting yeah because especially with things like when there was a champions league game on say it was manchester united versus liverpool but you tweet like michael owen has just cleaned <laughs> through it and people like michael owen don't play for liverpool what are you on about and uh, you know it was stuff like that so i always made it relevant to what the match that was on that night yeah and, yeah and like january and august for the, the transfer deadlines was always a mega day because you, you trick so many people if you did like really subtle i think i think rooney had like rooney signs for everton and things like that and uh, you know the original rooney or, or rooney signs for man united things like that and it was trick people and it was really good fun um but then you <laughs> you started there was a massive massive um influx of the betting companies then you know the affiliate, yeah. affiliate betting and they would then use pages like ours to reach more and more people by giving you a cut of new signups and yeah so, so that was a initial way of funding it um like, but you yeah. st so you started for fun yeah what did it sort of like grow to the, the slow sports news was over a hundred thousand at its peak um i had a number of smaller accounts um and then stumbled on the deluded Brendan parody, which was the Brendan Rodgers when he was at Liverpool. Um, and that's the one that just exploded. At what, at what stage would you say, I think I followed that one to be uh, fair. Yeah, yeah. At what stage would you say like, you started to realize, okay, this this is getting quite big now. Like this could be something bigger than I would have thought. I, I think it was, the, well, the 2014 World Cup was, was mega. Um, it's just for, for traffic. Brazil. And that's, yeah, yeah, in Brazil. And then 2015 was like, was Brendan Rodgers, year at Liverpool when he was going through all these madness and people call him David Brent and things like that. Um, so I harbored on the back of that. And then I think it was when I was, like I say, I was I had a young child and a wife and I'm, I'm spending all my weekends tweeting and evening. It got to a tipping point of I needed to do one or the other. Um, yeah. I couldn't carry on doing both. And that's when I spoke to the other business partners who kindly kind of backed me to, to join them. Were you um, making money at this point through the Twitter page? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I was making money kind of personally. I was registered as my own business, making a bit, but it was nothing at that point regularly enough to say, you know, I quit and everything. But when we got together as a three, there was enough there to, to at least give it a go. So I remember yeah. when I had the chat with my wife, my father, like sat him down, like, I'm, I want to quit to do this. It, it, it was wild, but I think in the head we give it, we had like a year kind of, we, we, a year target that if you're not matching your salary within a year, you're going to go back to working and sign out of all the Twitter accounts and move on. Luckily, I, I kind of never looked back. So That's so mad to me. Like, yeah. what, when you when you say, because you had a young child, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it was it was you, yourself, your wife, and then the young child, and you were like up at night just doing tweets. Yeah. It's like, surely your wife was like, what the fuck are you yeah. doing? It even got to the point we'd been on a day out. I think it was a Liverpool game and they'd, I think they'd, they'd lost to someone driving home. Yeah. And, and my wife, I dictated the tweet for her to put out. And that, that was a wild one. So she was tweeting on the parody on my phone as yeah. I dictated and I'm driving. As you were driving, yeah. And then we pulled up and I checked in. It had like two, 3,000 retweets and a shoulder. And even then at that point, she's like, that's madness. I've just typed that 20 minutes ago. I said, yeah, I said that. So good. originally you were making money through betting company aff yeah. affiliate links. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But did you, so then you, you paired up with your business partners. Yeah. And they, they obviously had their own, also Twitter pages. Yeah. What was the sort of like, because with, with, business people that I speak to there's usually like 
a plan in place right yeah. it's like we want to be we want to be at this stage and you know it would take this is how we're going to get there but with you guys did you have any sort of indication of where where you wanted to take it yes you know we originally was naive we thought oh we've got all these pages there's plenty of brands will want to um they want to advertise with us yeah. you know because they want a million you know we'll charge you a chat and as we spoke to different brands we realized it's not as straightforward as that um but we were always really good at pivoting. So what we uh, what we did was we created a website, and that was in the era of the it's crass, but it was the clickbait era. You know, before yeah. all the fake news come out and all that, it was it was when you could have fifty adverts on a page, and it would be yielding on Google, and 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 there was companies offering you those horrible links at the bottom. It's like thirty ways to lose weight, and all, all those kind of links, you know, and you click it, and so so we originally made a website for that, and it was. We, to use our sport following, uh, it was pages, um, sorry, articles that were things like top 10 footballers' cars and top 10 footballers' wives and stuff like that. Yeah, and that was the day like, of the week. A bit like BuzzFeed. Yes, yeah, exactly yeah. that, yeah. And it was, it was copying pretty much them to tailor to our audience. And um, we obviously did that for a spell, and, but we knew it couldn't last forever, stuff like that. We, we knew that at some point time would move on. And at that point, when we Facebook again was starting to become like the meme heaven. And we thought with these sport pages, like mine, mine was a parody of a fo- football manager, like that's not long term, you can't do that for the rest of time. It's, we didn't know if we potentially were ever going to turn around with image rights and, yeah. and get, I don't, I don't know if you ever got sued for being a parody, I don't know, you know, stuff like that. So, so that was when we aligned to make a general brand so we could take the next step. And that was when we, we launched It's Gone Viral on Facebook and Twitter. And that allowed us just to initially make the memes um, and the gifs and things like that, but it allowed us to use other people's viral clips with obviously permission and such. Um, and it just was it allowed us to do anything with a name like that. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Like, so that that that's what year was this, by the way? So that would have been twenty sixteen, moving into twenty seventeen, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Why did yeah. you decide to transition to Facebook and not stay on Twitter? I think Twitter had started to even back then had started to level out a little bit yeah. um there was times when you could make new accounts parodies have 30 40 000 followers overnight um and it, we started to see that tail off a little bit and i think they changed the system from retweets to likes being more powerful so suddenly you, your content wasn't reaching as many people um and then it was when large players on facebook like your lad bibles your uni lad people like that their pages were just rocketing on, on facebook and it was like now's the time to do it when they were already big but there was space yeah. to still be there like if you was to launch a page now it's a slower much slower grind yeah, ob- it, yeah. obviously we'll get into like yeah. what works now and like how mm. you can do it now but at that stage in time I remember I remember Lad Bible especially like and a lot of these other pages um, I remember being like when I first followed Lad Bible it was actually quite like misogynistic at the beginning yeah, yeah, but I mean yeah. whatever it's, uh, yeah, yeah it's for them to deal with mm. but I remember at the beginning like they, they exploded mm. And then I just thought they were like a meme page, but then like as time went on, they became an actual like brand. Yes. Like, yeah. And they hire people. They've got an office. Like mm. it's it's an actual brand. So, like, how much money was in was in that space? Well, yeah, it, it was a lot, and especially when we were, like I say, making money off the articles, which was was okay, you know, from a website with adverts on. It was just it was doing okay. It was paying, but to, we had a writer. We had someone making the videos in between, one or two staff, and then. I think Facebook got to a point where they, they followed within the YouTube trail of the, um, yeah. we got a message one day saying, you can now monetize your videos. This was 2017. Uh, yeah, the, the, I think the early, the early 
players got access. We got it a little bit later, okay, kind yeah, of cool. 2018, maybe. It must have been, yeah, 2018 yeah, yeah, yeah. onwards. And at that point, when we started to see the returns, like you suddenly put out this longer video that had two or three adverts in, and if it went viral, and you see thousands of pounds come back, and it's like, yeah. and, and bear in mind, yeah. right, this wasn't even your videos, like no. from from someone else that you like, obviously like got permission from, yeah, but they let you post it on your page, yeah, yeah. That's just like mind blowing to yeah, me because, like, for for YouTube, right, like. It's it's all original content more or less, yeah. and if it's not, it usually gets copyright strikes, right? Mm. Even if you've got permission, yeah. even if you've got permission. So with this, the reason why it just blows my mind is that people were making thousands of pounds per video, yeah. and it wasn't even their stuff. I think with with Facebook, they they got wise to it, but a little bit later than probably expected, because um, part of the it's gone viral network we were also running a few comedy pages yeah and that, and that was using again copyrighted stuff but it, it was a bit uh, but we thought this this won't last but it took them a while and then they introduced something called rights manager but it, it was almost after the horse had bolted and suddenly they were just clicking a button saying go and claim every video on fit and it just exploded like with because as a creator you could have this rights manager it's like the same as the youtube one but facebook introduced it after like say the after the the, the sea had opened so and then so people have already made like a, a, a decent amount of money before yeah and there was no way that. of retrospectively taking that money back either like so got you, you'd got it yeah. you'd banked it you'd looked after it um, and then so they had, there was rights manager and then these then it was during the pandemic again Facebook they they hid a little bit behind um, they started to call it limited originality yeah they you have to start making your own content now, but it was in the March of the pandemic when the economy had exploded. So they took adverts off and yeah, that, that was a few, a few emergency board meetings on a Monday morning, like all remote working from home. Um, but so then at that point is when we, we started to make our own content essentially. Yeah. yeah. Be before that though, and like, obviously you can, you can give me brackets, not, not exact values, but like, how much was the page and the pages you were managing sort of like making? Six figures. They're making six figures what, like? A month. A month? Yeah, in, in its peak, yeah. If, if you had one particular video as well, like one that'd be over three, four minutes long, and if it, some of them, when they go viral, they get, Facebook had a watch system that if, if it had a good watch time, it would put it into people's recommended watch feed. Yeah. So it just appear everywhere. If, if, if you got a video that got like 40, 50 million views, you were just like quids in. And, and from a business point of view, you, you're using obviously video editors, either freelance or in-house, to make one video. Yeah. You're paying them a, the, the flat fee. They was not on any kind of profit share. So the markup was insane. That's why so many like our company, like other companies just exploded on. You can suddenly like, well, we get six video editors if we get six video editors on X and suddenly yeah. you're making XX it's uh yeah so it, it it was it was a crazy time and um I say we had a three four man office so yeah we'll, we'll get back onto that afterwards so six figures yeah per month was it yeah pretty much yeah and it's what obviously not initially but I'd say yeah it's peak before the pandemic it was crazy like and they that. weren't even your own content it was just like no through other people no and that's just mad to me and, and the, obviously the ways of getting around making stuff original is, is big in the industry is having someone commentate on it so if you've got a yeah. creator that like those reaction videos where 
again, it's it's ticking Facebook's boxes. Facebook said if you had a voiceover, if you had a commentator, if you had a summarizer on there, it's classed as media, it's classed as journalism. Yeah, yeah. And there was just so many different ways around it. Because Facebook slash meta are so un it's hard to explain, like you uh the the mafia is the wrong word, but um <laughs> the you couldn't reach them sometimes, so you just have to guess and go for it and if you ever did have an issue, they just reply and say, uh, read the guidelines. So there was lines in the guidelines that how to make stuff journalistic. So that's, that's what we did. Yeah. Mm. I just find that so mental. You yeah. can't do that these days though. Like you can't make that level of money from Facebook videos these days. Um, it de definitely dipped when the economy dipped and Facebook, especially Meta, he's, he's going through a bit of a weird time, isn't it? With all the, the staff layoffs. And, and yeah. even when I kind of back end of my tenure at Call Me, I think, three partner managers had moved on that kind of thing uh, so I can't speak now because I'm not I'm not under the hood anymore mm. uh, but you, you see these pages and you still see them getting healthy views so yeah what was, the, what was this sort of like the biggest video that you guys put out I think there was one on our um, page called Ultimate was was um, toenails being um, from a pedicure company it was ingrowing toenails being like picked out right and it was it was horrible. It was that gross, but it's watch time. Peter say it was like a three, four minute video. On average, over a minute of, was watched by people. So it was like the grossness really worked. And yeah. that, I think, because uh, one of the, the girls who did that video, she always took the crown as that was uh, that was the biggest video Comey well, had. How, how much would that video make? Like, if that, if that feels that big? Like, how many views would it get? I think that would add over 100 million. Um, Damn. Yeah, which. So how much would that 100 million yeah, views translate into? I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, you, I think 50, 60, 70K. You, you'd be, I just think, one video. yeah, I'm, I don't even have that wrong, but it's, uh, yeah, but as the time goes by, and, and it can all depend on, you know, the, the, like the CPMs where, because sometimes you can have a video do really well, but it will show in com uh, countries like the Philippines and things, they, they give you a really low advertising rate. But if your video ba bangs, is the terminology of yeah. uh, doing well. Um, in the UK or the US particularly, then the rates can go through the roof. Mm. So, because I remember, like at that stage in time, a lot of people from YouTube were transitioning over to Facebook. Yeah, because like they were they were being paid more, right? Mm. And they're obviously they can like duplicate com content as well. Yeah, and a lot of these like f like former YouTubers that had a pretty decent following, like I don't know, like Ben Francis, for instance. I remember like he mm. was like one of these big YouTubers before, but then didn't make yeah. any content. He literally his page was just for Facebook videos. Yeah. And like Jack Mate as well, similar thing. Mm. Like they were literally just Facebook videos of like repurposed stuff from um, like other meme pages. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of them come from the Vine days. So yeah. they're obviously used to this six, seven second footage. And then when Vine went, um, it was they tried Facebook, and, and face, Facebook was great, but you can't really monetize seven, eight seconds. So, um, Call Me did help a number of creators scale up that that content. Yeah. Of, well, you're funny. You're a funny guy. How can you make that? one minute two minute three minutes um so that was another avenue of then you can take a revenue share on that because then it's win-win the creator gets their money you get their money facebook gets theirs so yeah um, what was the sort of scaling plan when it comes to the the company so the agency so was it like just do more and more facebook pages or was it a case of like we've got one facebook page and like also how would you grow that facebook page like so what was the sort of like growth plan when you when you started Yes, yeah, so I think we from 
when we did it's gone viral we then did like a lifestyle page we did a dog page we had a gaming page we wanted just to try and tick as many brands and, and, and genres as possible and then we also knew that you can't all be facebook dependent so that was when we started to hire people to run uh, instagram initially yeah. and then obviously tiktok came about when after it's moved over from bike dance i think it's bike dance um so then we hired tiktok so up until when i exited is is your tiktok editors and your instagram editors they wouldn't be earning you any money per se but they'd be help growing the brand for because yeah. it's essentially what we did on facebook as well we at one point we were making all this content and it wasn't getting monetized but the minute the green light went on for advertising we, we were ahead of the game yeah, um, and that's the plan with with Instagram, with TikTok, and um, and Snapchat. Yeah. So you, you sort of like sat down with your team, strategized different types of Facebook pages. So yeah. yeah, one dog, one gaming, and you just like had a list of these different things. Yeah. So you've had that. You had the idea of different categories. What was the sort of like next step? To, so you started getting editors to edit sort of other people's videos within those categories yes. and would just like post them. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a number of, we trialed different names, different logos, and it was amazing. Like you'd have, um, you could have four or five pages of the same thing, yeah. but one with a different name had suddenly had 10,000 followers, one would have 10 followers. And it was, uh, so it was, um, it was like B, uh, A and B testing, really. Oh, um, so you would have, yeah. say, maybe two different dog pages. Yes, yeah, put yeah. the same videos, more or less. Yeah. But but that's, that's also crazy to yeah. me, how, like, easy that is. Yeah, it was. I think nowadays, it's re I think TikTok's a little bit different. Even that's slowing down now. But Facebook now, if you make a page, you, I think you'd struggle. But I think all these social media platforms go through that phase of when it's brand new. If you get on it, you, you get a steal in the space yeah. kind of thing. Um, That's interesting. So say if you had a dog page that was like, I don't know, X amount of followers, you would use the same content but just grow another dog page. Yeah. But so yeah. you basically have two dog pages that are the same, but like yeah. you want to you maximize on the same content. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, but I think once once you see one doing well, you, f you focus on that one. Yeah. So, um, and then, yeah, just look at like... We had another one that we acquired that was like animal content, so you can there's a bit of a crossover there that can share that to help it grow, kind yeah, of thing. So yeah. yeah, that's crazy. So like, how how big did this get for you? So I think the Facebook estate in all, like it's gone viral at the end was was ten million. Well, it still is. I say I say at the end. I mean, when I believe it yeah. was ten million followers. Um, the the DIY the, the lifestyle page was one mil, nearly two. There was a feel good page was two. Uh, million, millions when I say that yeah um, and then the Instagrams were they were smaller but they were they were getting, doing really well um, and then they were using Snapchat to a lot of the footage that was viral on Facebook they could put into Snapchat but yeah. Snapchat was highlighting in their series so we didn't need the size on there that was because the content already existed and Snapchat would approve and disapprove things they wanted and then that would that would show in there as well so yeah but before we go on, I want to tell you guys very quickly about the podcast sponsor, Zencaster. Now, I know so many of you guys have a business, and as you guys know as well, I have my own business called Wing that focuses on in-person networking and looking for new sort of marketing channels for people to, and business owners to, you know, learn about our products. 
you guys are part of the new podcast revolution, right? There's so many more people listening to podcasts than there were before. And so as a business owner myself, I've been looking more and more increasingly into podcast advertising as a way more effective way than display advertising. And I mean, the data as well shows it. So like 67% of listeners remember brands and 63% of them actually make a purchase after hearing them on a podcast. The trouble is, podcast ads are nowhere near as targeted as social media ads, and they don't have the same level of data than you would expect through Facebook, you know, Instagram, or Google advertising. And this is where Zancast has come in. So whether you want to diversify your ad spend as a new marketing stream or test out podcasting ads, Zencaster's new creator network makes it easy for brands like ours and yours to connect with podcasters. And Zencaster's mission here is to make podcast advertising as easy and accessible to business owners as Google or Facebook. And the amazing thing is Zencast actually matches you as the brand to the best podcasts that have the same sort of audience as you. And so your product gets to the right audience and you can maximize your advertising campaign budget. As a business owner, I'm always willing to try new marketing strategies. And so this one really caught my attention. And so if you are interested in sponsoring this show or other podcast ads for your business, then go to the link in the description, fill out the contact information so Zencast can help you and you can bring your story to life. So back on with the show. But like, so you got to that stage, like, I feel like, did you, did you reach like a peak or was it just like, like, did you want to keep on growing? Like, what was the sort of like next step after that? I, th- I think there is a, I'm talking purely from the media side of things. Yeah. So, so I think TikTok was the next thing to really tackle and get your new accounts growing on there. This must've been around like t- pandemic time, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously on the side of that, there was two other, two other arms to call me. Um, one was obviously a tr- more like traditional digital media agency, so that was doing brand, uh, helping brands run their social medias, um, doing paid campaigns with them and such. And the other side was a um, what we called the Arc, and that was all this viral footage that we found. Y- it got to a point where there, there was bigger companies already doing it, your news flares, your Dukey Media's, people like that, but y- you can own that content. Yeah. So people were sending us stuff. Say ninety nine percent of it wasn't very good because everyone thinks their dog's the funniest. Everyone thinks their child's the funniest. But every now and again, you'd get a gem. Um, so it was just making money from that, rather than can we use this? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so rather than thinking, can we use your footage? Yeah. Thanks. Move on. It was well. Can we use your footage? Do you want to make some money? We'll make some money. And yeah. then, so from that again, that was a whole department of salespeople and people to clear the rights, people to to. Um, of legally get it all binding yeah, so yeah. there was thousands and thousands of videos on the ARC page still is now because um, uh, it's just a mad model because especially during the pandemic people were obviously making this viral footage or stuff that was going viral so to speak but not making a penny from it um, and some companies would it was all about getting to that content first essentially and then if you're in a position where you can resell it to Sky News to BBC to the Telegraph they pay three four hundred pound per video for their website you can take 20 percent. the creator can get 20 percent. so like some of the big big viral videos if a, if a person licensed it correctly they did make a few thousand pounds which was good wow wow um, that's so that's that's insane that's insane so like for you personally when did you decide to to leave this this space so it, it was getting to i think it was post pandemic we God, I think we did eight, over 80 employees. Um, and we were talking about the next stage of growth, what was best for the company. And I think investment 
chats came up how do we take that investment and me and one of the other co-founders were happy at that point that if an investor if you need to do it where we step away yeah because i was i was happy with the size it had got to and yeah i was happy with the size it had got to um and the offer was the one i wanted and allowed me to go on and start my next my next level of business because what i really did like at comey when before we were comey it was it's gone viral uh, comey was created because we did 50 other things other than it's gone viral but what i'd say when it was the it's gone viral days was uh, we were based in a much smaller office and seven or eight of us and i was much more hands-on and i really i loved that part of the business those mm. years and that's when um it was like any small business but because we scaled up so rapid uh, we moved into manchester and then the pandemic came and we carried on growing and growing and growing and i was just uh i was happy with the size it was at it was it was moving on and i, I still w want them to do the best they can do and that can be done with other hands mm. and the extra help that they'll get so so like for, for people listening now so 2023 right like just started like when it comes to building these social pages for for the monetary aspects so not building their own like brand mm. so like do you see that opportunity still there is is the opportunity there to do that sort of thing or is it like you've kind of alluded to it a bit but it's just it seems like that opportunity's gone i think on certain platforms because i know TikTok is is the one that's still growing, still going mad, and they have their creator fund. There's not that much money though, is there? No, the the creator fund is people are working out what they get per views, and it's not a lot. But TikTok still at this moment doesn't have adverts in the. They're allowing long content on there. You can have four, five, six minute yeah, episodic yeah, yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. So, I think within the next next six to twelve months, you'll start seeing mid roll adverts, pre roll adverts. And at that point, if people are aligned with their longer form content they'll start earning well um i think because i feel like tiktok have they've always they've got a plan and uh, yeah. i think they'll be the next uh, snapchat there's the potential to make money but um, I, th I think tiktok's the way to go and you could the instagram pages there's still a lot of people who, who do a lot of meme stuff that they they can engage with their audience with brand work with and uh, same with the, the influencers um so but it's all it's all through like basically affiliate links and sponsorship stuff right yeah and uh product placement and but it's, it's not yeah. as easy as like when so back back when you were doing it facebook would just like advertise on it and then they would just like pay you so there's no real yeah. heavy lifting for you right no, like yeah. you would just post it and that's yeah. that is it that's it whereas for these brands they have to have to these facebook these pages right now they have to either wait for brands to come to them or yeah. they have to go to the brand directly yeah, yeah. or they just sell their page and they, they make money that way but yeah. It's not as easy as it was before. No, it, no, it, it's not. But I suspect well, there's always going to be opportunities for those people who find them, if that makes sense. Um, we like so it's, when you talk about launching a business. It's we never made a business plan. We never, we never said we we're going to do it. If we did have made a business plan within two weeks, we'd have been completely off off book kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, so yeah. it was, it wasn't. A, it's not a traditional business in that sense, and I think that's one thing I'd like to talk about in the future is what business and business studies is, is kind of classed as or what an entrepreneur is classed as is crazy it's like I did business studies at school and I got a D so by the letter of the law I should never have be an entrepreneur never should be a businessman yeah um, but it's just because uh, I think I think business studies can it can really lose it can really lose uh, yeah. like the, your, your GCSE students your A-level students it just it's too book heavy they want you to obviously within business 
cash flow is important, your, your forecast, it's, that is important, but it's not the be all and end all of, it can put people off like, you, you kind of watch a Dragon's Den and they're going through the figures saying, in year three you said you're going to make X in December. and yeah, it's, it's like, well, I, I don't know what we're going to make next week. Like, you know, so. I mean, Drag Dragon's Den also isn't that realistic no. because they, I mean, I've had people on the podcast that have been on Dragon's Den, both yeah. haven't got investment and also have got investment or, or they've been offered investment and then after the show they pull out. Mm. So I've heard, I've heard it all really. Yeah, yeah. And or they've been on Dragon's Den and they haven't even shown them on TV. Like mm. it's, I've heard, I've heard every single story there is. And like it's not realistic because the the actual pitch itself is like two hours right yeah but they only show like five minutes max yeah so there's a lot of stuff that happens that they don't show but obviously if if the dragon like has if they want to focus on you know um your financials are wrong hmm. usually they're quite forgiving of that right yeah, because yeah. when you actually like if you've got the numbers in front of you like you can just tell them it, yeah. it, when you're actually pitching to an investor like that they that's fine but it's yeah. because like you're on tv they like yeah. react in a certain way and but I, I yeah and they obviously only show the bits where they're angry but in actual yeah. fact they're probably not that angry no because i think a good forum for younger people is to be able to pitch their ideas and not worry about the figures or, or the forecasts or stuff like that you know that's a good idea then the more experts can help them scale yeah. up that, that, and that kind of thing um because it's yeah, again, like again, I know it's television, I know it's entertainment, but The Apprentice—that's what people see, and that's what people think business is. And it's not like you see them doing a cooking task. Well, someone's got an idea for a product, and they're not a chef. They don't go and then try and cook it. But, yeah, I mean, but they're, they're on that, and they make a mess of it, and it's just like you're I, rubbish, you're fired, and it's just like I've had a lot of people from the from Dragons Den on the podcast. I've had maybe two people from The Apprentice on on the, on the mm. podcast, and like. I'm I'm not really a fan of the Apprentice yeah, at all. Like yeah. I think that's even more unrealistic than than Dragons Den is. Dragons yeah. Den, like a lot of them, do end up becoming like you know some of them unicorns, right? Some of them are huge. Yeah. Um, whereas whereas the Apprentice just focuses on that individual. Yeah. They don't really focus on their business ideas that much until the later stages. In which yeah. case, like they only got there because of their individual sort of personality to a, yeah. to a certain degree. And as well, you're right. Like if it's a cooking task and their business plan is within fintechs, like it's not even relevant, yeah. you know what I mean? But they have to do it and they might get fired because of that. It makes it makes zero sense to me. But, but, but the dangerous part of this and also com combining with school is what you just said, is like it gives people a false perception of what entrepreneurship is. And that's yes. why I started this podcast and that's why I bring guests like you on yeah. to show them that what the real case is. You've got a D in business studies, but then you 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 build like Facebook pages and you made money through that like yeah. you, you, the opportunity is there for anyone I know the Facebook days are probably over yeah. but as you're saying the opportunity still lies in, in other places yeah well that's it like the next step when I want to help people mentor them you know speak to young people it's not you must go and launch a social media business it's any business but yeah uh, and, but what is a business the minute you, you're making money for something that becomes a business yeah, like yeah. Um, and just as well with some people as well just because you've got an idea and it goes wrong the first time it doesn't mean it's a bad idea it might just mean you have to execute it in a different way mm. or, or down a different avenue kind of thing and, and it's the like I, I see a lot of people it's the it's the hunger and the desire that's the key like the they're not taking no for an answer you know yeah um the i'm not saying you have to change the fundamentals of business because fundamental business is making more than you spend that's black and white that's yeah. that you'll always need to teach accountancy and and things like that. but i look at the way when the business got to a size we had three or four people at that point we used a third-party hr company i didn't need to go and sit 
a six month long HR module, we had someone to assist with that. Mm -hmm. Suddenly when your invoicing starts getting eight or nine invoices a month, you bring in someone doing your books for one day a week. So there's, there's ways you can use your network so you don't need to be a you don't need to be upskilled in every single bit of business. It's as long as you've got that drive and that idea. Yeah. Um, but I know, like, I reckon ninety percent of kids are sat there. Uh, entrepreneur. I reckon ninety percent of kids are sat there at business studies level, going, "Oh, that business! I don't want to do all this. I don't yeah. want to set up spreadsheets all day. I don't want to look at graphs." And um, well, that's not the reality. Like. Yeah, I mean, uh, it yeah. can be if you're interested in oh, that well, sort of thing. Well, the, obviously, yeah, but, of, like, of course, yeah, yeah. It doesn't need to be, is what no. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Sorry, yeah, they have, of course, yeah. Yeah. You, you need accountants, you need your... Yeah, but, but if that's, like, your expertise, then, yeah, yeah, there are some businesses where you can be very numbers-heavy. Like, you can literally yeah. build a data business, right? Yeah. Like, very, very, you know, lucrative, yeah. but it's whatever you're kind of interested in. Yeah. Like, you were interested in meme Twitter pages within yeah. football, right? Like, yeah. how, how niche do you want to go? Because that's why, from A-level, I didn't go to university because I'm not... I'm not the most articulate with words, like at long, like I didn't want to do dissertations, I didn't want to do big essays, I didn't want, you know, I'm a doer, so I did an apprenticeship within yeah. IT that was literally within a week I knew how to fix a computer, I knew how to fix a server and I ended up getting a job working for a company doing that um, and it was just because I was so hands-on um, and it's within the tech space kind of thing, um, but just because I like to see myself as a doer, I don't stand still, I don't sit on my hands, I, got, I, I can't read a a thousand word book on a yeah. module kind of thing but I learn you know you learn on, on the job and I just like I say I I'm not fobbing off intellectually I'm not like fobbing that side of it off but it's not suited for everyone kind of thing and yeah. there's people you'll be losing who who don't whose mind works like mine in that creative way but not necessarily academically yeah yeah, yeah. Um, they're the people I'd love to help who've got this idea but how do I execute it yeah I, like, I mean I know like with the Facebook that, that phase it was quite a short phase as well like I know yeah. people initially they might listen and think that you were lucky but mm. that as you were saying like opportunity is everywhere and the ability to spot that is the skill so even yeah. if you know you started now and that Facebook boom was over mm. like there's other opportunities yeah. as you were saying so for, for like young people listening right now what would you say is like the the opportunity that they, that they should look into Within, within like social within, media. Within social media, yeah. I, TikTok, I think it's... Um, what about like the other ones, like Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts? Yeah, well, yeah, of course, yeah. With um, I think I think if you're into the gaming as well, like you're, you're live streaming, that's still... Like Facebook, Twitch. Yeah, Twitch and YouTube, I think, are the ones now. Facebook gaming seems to be winding up. I don't think that's going to be around much longer. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, and as you say, with the, the short form reels, it's it's kind of come full circle because I mentioned Vine the other day, like before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mentioning Vine, it, it's they were six, seven videos, and then everything went long form, and now it's coming back around with YouTube Shorts and TikTok, and um, so I think if because the, the, there is a, there's there's still opportunities to grow Twitter pages as well. If you find that, I think what it is is it's the niche. If it's something that's not being done, you will grow, but. Um, Sometimes it's, it's hard. There's more and more gets done. Like I think, mm. <laughs> so. Um, but no, it's it's hard to say exactly what it is. But if if you. But okay, let it, me let me ask it in a different way. How could they spot the opportunity then on on social media? Like, what should they be looking for? Again, some, something that doesn't exist and, and kind of. I think one thing we always. On a sage, something that doesn't exist, it's hard because what we were doing existed if that makes sense but it's spotting it that oh this is new well this is what people are doing 
it, saying copying sounds a bit it sounds crass but it's oh, that's how people do spot opportunities it's not always you're the only person to do it is um, an early adopter is quite is quite key to that if you think well this is the latest trend well if I jump on that mm. and then that's because uh, I think because like I say the the, the art of the parody was saying oh these parodies are funny can I ever go at that and um, again my advice is like I was unrelenting I just didn't stop like say to the yeah. point where I was doing too much but that was just because I had that hunger that desire just to, to keep going and and if you enjoy it as well that's key if you don't if you're not interested in it don't bother because yeah. you're never gonna it's got my I'm lucky that you say lucky but I'm is it luck but it was something I enjoyed doing that's yeah. what's key and if you enjoy it take it further like mm. if someone who's never picked up a phone I'm not going to stay start running a Twitter account because why would you it don't interest you so because that, that's another thing if there's something you like doing on social media think could this ever could could this help me take the next step you know could I monetize what I'm doing here so yeah yeah I think I think that's definitely true but yeah the, the Facebook days are, are over would you say for now but it depends because it depends where Mr. Zuckerberg and Meta go with all this um, the VR stuff that he wants to launch yeah. like is there going to be a space for potentially people to take opportunity with the, all the new Oculus goggles and all things like that you know is there could be some creative person who suddenly makes the first pub on Twitter that you know yeah. is the, the VR space isn't going to be going anywhere as uh, um, same with Twitter with what, what Elon's plans are with it um, with this Twitter blue now people can now have a blue tick if they pay there's ways you can take advantage of that because you get to the top of your mentions and you can reply to people you can grow that way you can if Twitter blue existed when we first started Twitter it would have been mad because we, we'd have been verifying parodies we, we'd have probably tripled our growth kind of thing because you, you could have got to the top of every mention kind of thing or how can you how can you use Twitter Twitter blue now like to your advantage because again that's very new right like, yeah. so how can you use that to your advantage I think they have clamped down on the parodies and the fake pages having the blue ticks but initially when it first came out there was people changing the name to like basketball teams and I remember this, Michael yeah. Jordan someone changed the name but it blue ticked and was tweeting all sorts of rubbish um, but Twitter Blue now just allows you to have a voice more. Um, so you can be you. I could, I've not got one, but I could buy a blue tick tomorrow now, which is mad. It's like $8. And then you could reply to Piers Morgan when he tweets, and you, or you could, you know, controversial people, and to know that you're meant like... Yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of way of growing, because I've noticed a lot of journalists do that now. And they'll reply to people, and so you see their top reply, oh, who's this kind of thing? Mm. So I think that's a way to use it. How how can you so you mentioned TikTok a few times, what what would you say like should the strategy be on TikTok like have how much have you like kind of looked into it Would you say it's like because there's so many different ways of growing it and the way that the profound thing of how you grew your page is like you were never personally mm. on the page, but no. like, and I've seen a similar trend happen on TikTok where people take other people's videos and either do yeah. voiceovers or they do like the the sort of like robotic voiceover ones yeah, or they, yeah. they do like they do one frame of the per of like the meme, and then the other the other one was like someone playing a game or something. Yeah, so like for for people that are thinking of like innovative ways of growing a TikTok page within the meme sort of space, what would you what have you seen that's worked really well? I think you you just said it exactly there. Those those ones who they'll, they'll just talk over a popular clip yeah. and such. But I do think in the long run with TikTok, eventually, like Facebook did, 
they will clamp down on copyright and duplicate content. So I think as much original as you, I think yeah. that's, I think that's, like I say, we ran faceless parody pages. Uh, I think, I think those, I say those days are gone at the moment, but you, you, you never know. But I think everything's all about original and TikTok do reward creators who it's them. Mm. Um, but is the different ways in there maybe um, yeah who knows so what, what's what's next for you because you so you, you've exited this business now so yeah what do you like and, and obviously like inspiring young people is very important to you so what's the yeah. like next step for you what are you moving into social media moving into like I don't know how you how are you planning on inspiring the next generation yeah I'd like obviously build my my online presence and that but I'd like to go speak to the to the relevant like classes yeah uh, school level college level university level you know things like that and just pass my story on different parts of it because obviously it's a it's been like an eight nine year business journey so there's a lot to talk about within there um but before that i left college got an apprenticeship got into it so there's stuff i can talk about outside of the social media space it's just my career in general um and then potentially mentorship from there on you know people doing more one-on-one things so all right nice well let's wrap up the podcast there it's such yeah. a pleasure talking with you and yeah. you've opened my eyes like, i i knew that this was like a big thing a few years ago i just didn't realize how much money was in it it's, yeah. it's crazy and obviously like off the back of that off the back of that like gold rush i guess like lad bible other brands have become huge and now mm. obviously they're diversifying into different things um, but obviously, like it was injected from the cash that they made there. Yeah. It's just it, it was it was insane. So yeah, you've, you've completely opened my eyes into it. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How can people stay in touch with you and, and what you're doing? Um, I'm on Twitter a lot. Um, just me as a person now, yeah. Um, and then my LinkedIn. I'm always quite active on there. So yeah, you can find me on there. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll chat very soon. Yeah. Thanks thank so you very much. much. Cheers.